Welcome to the Coptic Cafe live podcast, brought to you by Anafora Radio. Welcome to the Coptic Cafe program. Thank you for joining us. I am Father Joseph Bolis. We are blessed tonight to have Father Gregory Bichet from the Holy uh, Youth, uh, the Three Holy Youth Church, St. Verena, and Three Holy Youth, and he's also teaching at the ACT Seminary School. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Abuna. It is an absolute pleasure, and thank you for arranging this. It's, a, it's an honor and a blessing to me, and I hope I will learn from the questions uh, and from OTSEC. Thank you, Abby. We're very blessed to have you, and uh, we welcome all of you uh, to come back and uh, join the program. Um, tonight, Today or tonight, we're going to have a very nice um, presentation from uh, Father Gregory, and you're welcome to uh, send in your questions on um, a chat section or the question and answer section uh, of the Zoom. And we have several announcements to make throughout the program. We're looking forward to uh, have a contest for a one-minute uh, video uh, contest to have a promo for the podcast. So if you're interested, we would like for you to join uh, or reach out to um, uh, ACT uh, Seminary uh, School or His Grace uh, Bishop Krolos. And also for this program, we're going to have a contest announced a little bit later. Uh, but for now, uh, we welcome you amidst this um, difficult time we are facing. It's unprecedented in the Coptic Orthodox Church um, in the land abroad uh, to be in this situation. We are praying that the Lord our God uh, may have mercy on us all and to um, lead us and guide us um, through his uh, wisdom and the grace of his Holy Spirit. Uh, Abuna Gregory, would you like to say a comforting word or a prayer in the beginning to open up the program? Uh, I'll I'll say a couple of words, but also you will say the prayer. Uh, um, uh, backing on what Otsak said, it's uh, the time is as unprecedented, and it reminds us of how precious when we close the altar at the end of the of every liturgy. We say, "Keep the door of the churches open unto us until the end of the ages." Uh, it it shows uh, again the all over and over the wisdom of the church that as we close the curtain ending the Eucharistic liturgy, that we're always praying that this will always be the case open for us. And definitely God will not close the church and each of us, each one of us as a, as a Christian person now is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are, we are churches. Um, we go to the body of Christ in the church to receive it. But each one of us can now reach within the work of the Holy Spirit who lives in each one of us to to give us the grace and to sustain us through this difficult time till we unite with the body and the blood of the Lord again. Thank you, Abuna, and uh, with your prayers and uh, the prayers of His Eminence, Metropolitan Serapion and Ambakrolos, and all the prayers of the Fathers, may we always be uh, in His bosom, and um, may He tra always transfer us from darkness to light, so that we may use this um, time um, for reflection and for um, returning unto God. Uh, it's a great blessing for all of us, a, a great awakening really for all of us to remember ultimately what's the most important and that is our relationship with God. So thank you Abuna for joining us again and um, I'll uh, leave for Otsek to give us a, a small word of introduction of the topic and I will chime in with the questions we have 
from uh, online as well as uh, questions regarding the topic. Okay, pray what for will me. you teach us about today, Buna? <laughs> May God teach us all, and I'm uh, praying that God will give a word uh, of utterance uh, by your prayers. Um, in the next two weeks, we have a very pivotal two Sundays. Uh, one of them is the, um, the prodigal son, and the other one is the man who was born blind. And it, it, a quick contrast between the two, and she, seeing over and over the wisdom of the church and laying this to, um, sorry, the Samaritan woman and the man born blind, and, and seeing this, uh, these two, uh, two amazing, um, amazing readings, where we see that the Lord is uh, exerting himself all effort to go and reach uh, a person who's trapped in spiritual darkness and another person who's trapped in physical darkness. The first one being the Samaritan woman who has been trapped in um, not being able to live without a husband, a chosen human husband, and another one who was born um, in, in this darkness, his family left him out of the house and did not support him. And uh, the Lord himself also reached out to him. So these are two amazing uh, follow-up with one another of the Lord reaching every person. A quick contrast between the two, uh, if we calculate from the answer of the, uh, of the Samaritan woman, she said that, uh, or the Lord corrected her answer and enhanced the answer. He accepted what she said, I don't have a husband, and he enhanced it to relieve her from the burden of the, of the entrapment in the spiritual darkness is that he, um, he reached out to her and, and corrected her answer without uh, judging her, that correctly you have answered, you've lived with five, and the one you're living with now is not a husband, is not your husband. So that kind of relief was the answer of acceptance where she uh, doomed in her community uh, and doomed by her conscience that she has to be always living uh, in loneliness to get the, the water. And the Lord released, released her from this. Um, quickly about this, uh, the calculation of a woman to have five husbands, it cannot be consecutive because she would be very old then. Um, so they must have left her. Uh, and this actually what left her always being taken advantage of and then left in the same darkness she's in. And she tries it over and over and over with human planning. And the human planning yields nothing except another person who takes advantage and then leaves. So the Lord sees all the souls that have been taken advantage of, and he goes to them and releases them. And once she was released, she forgot the water and she went to the, to the whole city proclaiming something that would be shameful. I found somebody who has done to me, <clears throat> has told me all what I've done. In contrast with the, with the man born blind and a favorite personality, both of these are real persons compared to the parable that the Lord gave in, in, um, in the prodigal son, uh, which will be this uh, coming Sunday, is the, the, the Lord is giving us, uh, sorry, in the, in, in the previous Sunday, the Lord is giving us this wonderful um, reaching out to people. So he goes to the man who's born blind, uh, declaring to us that this is not a punishment, which tells us that not every calamity we're in is a, is a discipline or a punishment. It's rather an enhancement that the name of the Lord or the word name of God will be glorified through him. So um, the Lord Jesus Christ converted by the cross the meaning of discipline uh, into an enhancement, into a glorification. 
and that changed the type of look at any tribulation in the New Testament, especially for any of our youth is going through a difficulty. Uh, they ha we have to engrave in our mind there is one only motive for it, uh, which is the love of God. Um, God is not there to with a stick. God is a doctor who makes us uh, overcome every disease, and whenever we fall into a sickness, he's there to give us the healing. He's not a person who grades at the end of, a, of, a, of an exam. So the man born blind, if I, if I share very quickly the, um, the screen here. Uh, Indeed, Yabuna, what you're saying is um, very true. Uh, as St. John Chrysostom comments on um, uh, the question someone asked and says, why was a man born blind then? Was it just for uh, God to show off or for the Lord Jesus to show off? And St. John Chrysostom says, we forget that the man was born. In other words, we have taken life so much for granted and everything in it with the, with the health, with the hands and the legs and the knees and uh, all the internal organs working fine and everything is, is working not to lessen the burden of a person that is suffering from blindedness. But um, as St. John Chrysostom calls our attention to be more um, uh, comforted and more, more optimistic to focus on the positive rather than the negative. So let me ask you this, Yabuna, um, what, what is blindness, uh, especially in, in now at times with what we're facing and um, with everything shutting down, uh, all the sports activities are down, uh, all the entertainment avenues are closed down. Uh, many people don't have to go anywhere. Uh, some have to work from home. Uh, some uh, students are just completely off and so how can Utsak tie this into what we're facing today? With your prayers, Abby, that God would give me guidance to this and just share with uh, very quickly the, the point of uh, the, the uh, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Silwam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Uh, the sight that was given by Christ here is in, is, is, uh, immediate, instantaneous, and full. Uh, but the person had to do the effort that while he was blind, he went to the lake. And he might have uh, stumbled upon things uh, with mud that has been spit on in his eyes. So it took faith. It took faith of opening the tomb to raise Lazarus. It took faith for the lady to engage in the discussion. It took faith to do the effort to go to the pool of Silva. And the, 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 once this faith is done on man's part, which is small compared to the opening of the eyes, then the miracle or the fulfillment will very happen. Uh, we might do things of faith, as you said, in this time now that, that we do work of faith and, we, and the expected result, we don't get it, praying for somebody and he passes away uh, or any difficulty. When God does this, that he assures us that there is a reward in heaven. In the current situation with the, with the virus, the faith that we have is that uh, God is opening our eyes to avoid a little bit maybe the entertainment, uh, is to get our eyes off the screens, especially with maybe much more time at our hands and, and put it in the Ekbeya. Um, and also to trust in the wisdom of God. It could be a very much of the mercy of God to let us know what our volume is, all of our activities, everything has slowed down the whole earth, the whole, the whole um, globe we're living in has slowed down by something that uh, minute and microscopic. But it tells us what St. Anthony, 
is comforting us to put our mind in the in life. Man is just the breath going out and coming in. The comfort will happen when uh, the reliance of God in this difficult time is complete like this blind man walking, falling among obstacles, going, but because uh, he was sent by God, he continued while there is mud that has spit in it is covering his eyes. But, um, and also adding to this, that what Otsek is saying, um, God defends us in front of Satan as he defended Job in front of Satan. So even with our sins, with our weaknesses, God will never listen to Satan's proposal against us to him. So when we commit a sin or we fall into any weakness, that Satan is provoking God to give up on us. But God answers and says, no, I will never give up on my children. And the revelation, that's why he was called the accuser. So the one whom we're following is our defender, is our healer, is our doctor. And in this time, we should hold on to this hope that God is a healer, God is powerful, and the church has, um, this is actually good to mention here, is that the closing of the churches is, is, is his eminence last resort after maybe people don't know that we had a meeting the very same day with his eminence uh, at three o'clock and maybe went for an, an hour and an hour and a half and uh, maybe earlier went to three two, two so hours it ended at three um, yeah. and all of the effort was how to find ways to to keep the churches open to keep the attendance there to figure out in this big churches small churches how to do it and it ended on that note. So the decision came with full last result of his eminence caring for our care is to do the part where it really has been mandated that we stop. So that's a, just want to comfort that this is not an immediate result or the first result. It was the very, very, very last one. Um, and, and, and we abiding by, by the guidance uh, and hoping that God who lives in every person will give us that our eyes be always open. Thank you, Buna. Um, a quick note to the control room. Uh, someone asked me to go back to the full screen. Um, are we losing the screen, Abuna control room? <laughs> if if Is it my part? Do I, do I have to stop sharing or? Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, oh, yeah, Abuna, sorry, you were sharing. That's why. Okay, so okay. I stopped sharing. I stopped sharing. Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sharing Abuna, before, uh, go ahead, control. No, sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, Abuna, uh, before Otsa go on, um, uh, someone sent in a question I think is relevant uh, because uh, you're speaking about um, uh, darkness and, and uh, blindedness. And uh, someone had sent in an earlier question asking, um, I want to want to pray, but I don't. Uh, I don't know why. I know I should. I want to. What should I do? In other words, how how do you get the desire to want to do it? Because sometimes the desire is not there. Is that Very, related to the darkness? What's that speaking about? Well, no, it, it, it's relevant because just want to assure the person that he's very, very far from the darkness. He's not in any darkness at all. This is yeah. a, a question that that exactly the same attitude of the man born blind, that, that he... He wants to, his eyes are open to begin with, and he wants to enjoy what he sees. He just feels it doesn't, it doesn't get to touch him as he would like to do, which is, first of all, the person is putting a very good goal for himself. That's, uh, these are the goals that we should put for ourselves. I want to feel the prayer. That's a very, very worthy goal. The second thing is that 
uh, that person is already in the light. He just wants to enjoy the light. He feels that he's in it, but he's not able to enjoy it. He's, it there's the prayers around him, the liturgies, but maybe not felt very much. And want to assure the person, this is the problem with every single person, just to let you know that we're all yearning to be sucked into the prayer as we're praying. The privilege that a person would have when they do the repetitive prayer is that they will get to start feeling it after a while. Long time ago, one person just revealed them and said, just committing to the Akbaya for a year. Finally, I cannot pray without the Akbaya. So, but it took a while to commit. And while the person is committing, uh, there is wars that are being planned so that the person doesn't feel that. Exactly what happened with St. Anthony, when he decided to go into the inner wilderness, the very first thing he got was a very strong beating from the devil. Why is God allowing the beating? The person made a good decision. So he can think, okay, I'm dedicating myself to God. I want to feel him. Now I go in and the very first thing I get is a beating. Maybe God doesn't want me here or I will never feel it. That's the very first interaction. So when he was taken and he rested and he told the disciple, please bring me back to my, to my cave. He said, he talked to the cave, the empty cave, but to the devil he says, I am not leaving from here. And the beating stopped. What do we learn from this? We learn from this is that God is giving him a rapport of how, we, how to know the devil's devices because there is going to be people after him who will benefit from this experience. So what you're going through will be beneficial to others uh, that you have this uh, yearning um, to, to, to do it. So keep at it. Practical thing, chat with God. Um, a father of confession that I had in Egypt before coming here uh, told me that read a spiritual book before praying. It's like warming up before you get into a game. The muscles will, not, will be stretched enough. You're going to be warm enough. Then you're ready to, to get into the game and to enjoy it with full capacity. So listening to a, uh, to a hymn, listening to a song, listening to a part of liturgy, reading a spiritual book uh, increases a lot the affinity to, to prayer. So uh, first of all, you're not wrong. If you want to do it and you don't feel it yet, God, God knows this and God uh, feels this. Third, is that if you pray and you're not totally into it, that actually, I think, gives you more blessing because God sees this person is trying to pray even if it doesn't feel it. What does that say? That this person wants me. And the Lord promised, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. He didn't qualify, comes to him how or in what condition. Comes to him sinfully, as long as he wants to repent. Comes to him not feeling the prayer, as long as he just wants to be close to God. It is going to be, so you're, you are doing the right goal, the right thing, and it will require every saint or every person had to just do the work till it, till, it, till it works out. So you are in the right track by having these feelings. Chat to God though, chat to him as a friend. Thank you, Buna, you're watching the Coptic Cafe uh, live on Zoom uh, because of the circumstances and we're not able to leave uh, our homes in these difficult times. We're, uh, blessed to have Father Gregory Bshay with us and we're talking about uh, spiritual blindedness and uh, Abuna, um, to, before we move on, what was the wisdom of having such a gospel reading uh, in the Great Land journey? Um, to warn us from the blindedness of the Jews, to have Christ being around us and we're blind to him. Uh, at the very end of that, that chapter, in fact, I will not sh share the screen just to, just to, keep it, uh, um, to keep it on. He tells the blind man after the blind man stood up for Christ three times strongly in front of the, of the Pharisees, although his parents didn't. 
Um, and Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said to him, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And then, and Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world, and those who do not see me, may see me. And those who see me may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words, and he said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, this is the, really the, 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 the pinnacle. If you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say, we see. You claim that you're seeing that, that your sin remains. So in this um, Lent, we're asking God um, never to claim knowledge. As St. Paul says, if anybody wise in this age, let him become a fool so that he may become wise. Always be like, that actually goes back to the person who asked about the prayer. Um, assuming himself not feeling it and wanting it, he goes to the very basic, I want God to make me feel it. And he, and he will. That attitude is very good that you always feel as a disciple. So in Lent, it puts us to be in the mode of learning so that we don't miss out on Christ who came as simple, veiled in the weakness of the humanity, yet he is God who is above all, uh, one nature with divinity and humanity in one compound nature. So I think we would open our eyes. I mean, I mean, Abuna, um, Otsak, you touched on uh, the point of weakness, uh, and uh, we have a question here in the chat that, uh, with your permission, I'd like to tackle it because I was just speaking to his great Bishop Carlos about this topic. He says, I definitely, uh, it's, oh, uh, it's our uh, beloved Stephen Bichet from uh, St. Mary and St. Verena Church in Yorba Linda. He says, I definitely agree that uh, quarantine and the closure of churches is necessary to lower the rate of infection. A lot of critics of the Metropolitan's decision cite the example of parishioners in Egypt going to church knowing full well that they may pass away in worship. What is the difference between our current situation and opening the churches in the face of persecution? A very uh, clever and wise question from a clever, wise young man. I know him personally. Um, and Me too. shout out to Stephen and all the youth. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the difference is, is this. Um, this morning I was just thinking about that and I said in the face of persecution people who went to church knew that there's a big possibility that their heads will be cut off and regardless they went to the church and some indeed received the crown of martyrdom and some maybe went home safely so uh, in this day and age we can say well you know it's at your own risk if you want to go to church there's a chance you might contract the disease you might die uh, the virus and and die and uh, this is this is very very logical until you come to this one point when the martyrs would go to church and receive martyrdom it was something that they are doing out of love and complete um, faithfulness and devotion to christ but they don't harm anyone else in other words their death or their attending church doesn't inflict any um, danger on anyone else. And okay. that's really the difference here, because if we knew someone is sick, uh, ordinarily they would just stay home. Uh, when someone has a cold or someone has a cough or someone has uh, a, a really bad illness, they stay home and they don't come to church. We bring them the communion, but they don't come. If anyone knew that they indeed were carrying the virus, 
the simple and wise thing to do is to stay home so that they don't inflict um, um, harm on others. But just the fact that we don't know, this is a problem. And your attending church might be very well and very good, but you are in uh, advertently affecting others. And you very, it could very well be your own loved one. When a young man goes and visits with an older person and he carries the virus. So I think that this is a major difference is that our attendance here is potentially harmful for, uh, if, for the foreseeable future. And we are talking about two, three weeks, hopefully not, not beyond that. Uh, and we'll assess, of course, and all of that. I'm not making any um, uh, predictions. Uh, yeah, I'm not predicting or prophesying <laughs> like some people I know. Uh, but uh, the the point is, this is the the wise and common sense thing to do. What does Utsak think, Ibuna? Believe me, Utsak, as, as you're giving the introduction, that's exactly the answer with, with is that the, the main difference is that uh, even without coughing or anything, you might be carrying it without knowing. And uh, and that's a, that's a danger to the people um, around you. And I, I myself, uh, to be corrected in this, is that um, to that, that this has came from his eminence uh, to to avoid that a person carrying it inadvertently would transfer it to others. As we said, that the, um, that's why the introduction at the very beginning is that the attitude of the church was in fact the opposite: is to keep it open as with all of the precautions as long as possible. This became as a, 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 at the very end because it was enforced due to a very large increase and knowing that a person can carry the virus without any, um, without no, knowing it. So yes, if I cannot affect others by my decision that could harm them, martyrdom is a personal decision, but in this case, I could be uh, hurting other people inadvertently. Um, Abuna, um, there's a question here uh, that says, could you please comment on the disciples' question towards our Lord when he asked him, who sinned? I'm not sure if the person had heard my comment earlier or if they came in and put the question after I uh, commented on it. But what does your Utsak say? It says, uh, they asked the, the Lord who sinned, this man or his parents, that he be born blind. The question doesn't make sense, i.e. did the Jews believe in some type of reincarnation? So that's the question. Reincarnation, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure what the link is. But at least they're asking who sinned, is it he or his parents? Uh, maybe maybe the very incarnation that something in the past life he did it and he's punished for in this life. That, Possibly, the, question, yeah. the question doesn't, doesn't uh, the, the, what, the, what the disciples had in their mind was not this. The disciples, what they had in their mind is that in the punishments in the Old Testament were considered with the mindset uh, as a discipline. Uh, because there is no head, heaven, there is no salvation. So the only reward was given to the saints was on earth. Um, for example, Joseph was rewarded on earth. Abraham was, was given a reward on earth. All of these are results of, of tests um, by, by the richness, by the comfort, by having a son, and so on. Joseph was restored to become a ruler after he was told that a slave. All of these typologies of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, and the plan of salvation by the Holy Trinity. Um, so the idea, the one who converted tribulations to become a blessing is the Lord Jesus Christ. So that stands there the big anomaly of Job. Job stands as an anomaly and Job is, uh, when, he, when he has been through the tribulation, and he said in chapter 42, verse 5, 
with hearing I have heard about you, but now I have seen you. So God reveals himself to comfort. And his, all, of his, all of his friends who are uh, believers, lovers of, of, of God, they tried to find a mistake in Job. And that was the struggle, is that he didn't feel he had a mistake. So it was twofold, correcting his feeling of perfection to make him actually perfect truly by, by humility, and God being with him, very close to him, all throughout this. By the way, very quick, in one minute, at the very end, when God contended with Job, where were you, Job, when I created the world? Where were you? He's not trying to put him down, in fact. In my opinion, and please, I would love to be corrected and, and, and educated. And he told them that all of these living things in the forest, when they fall, when the, when, where are you? Nobody's aware of them, and I'm taking care of them. So God is telling Job, I am taking care of things you're not even aware about. Don't you think I will take care of you? And that's when Job said, I have heard about you, but now I have seen you. So before I was a believer by ear, but now I know that you care for me more than ever. And Job stands out as a great, great typology for the Lord Jesus Christ, who was innocent, and he was put through death. Um, and the reward is the kingdom of heaven. On, and, and Job was rewarded on earth because the concept of the Old Testament, it is more a punishment of discipline. appears in the three friends that were contending with Job. And that's why uh, the disciples asked, him, what, what, what wrong thing did he do that he was born blind? That he was like from the out, outset, his parents must have done something wrong. Or, he, or, 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 or this person was cursed. Along, along the lines of um, this... Um... Uh, point Yabuna about uh, punishment. We have several questions actually in uh, in the chat session uh, or the question and answer and the Google Doc. And we have this question from Justina, but she didn't say which church. Um, it says she said concerning this pandemic and other natural disasters that affect our world. Is it safe to say that they are all due to the world's fallen nature, or can it be from the evil, or is it just simply unknown? Okay, I have been through this. One family was going through a very, very difficult time. And, and this, we have con discussed this um, quite a bit. And by God's grace, all of the, all of the uh, diseases that happen uh, as a result of the fall, when the Lord created the paradise and, 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 and the, um, focusing on earth and all of the blessing and the water coming down from the ground, and that water was... In fact, the, the Holy Spirit was hovering on that very water. So everything in paradise was consecrated by the Holy Spirit. There was no disease, there was perfection, was everything. As a result of the fall, and as St. Paul reveals to us in Romans chapter 8, that the whole creation groans. Why is the creation groaning? The creation is groaning because the, 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 the figure it's in now is susceptible to weaknesses, susceptible to disease, and very clear death, deterioration. That was not the case uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, that was not the case in the creation. Um, so the Lord had a relationship with us that was going to last forever at the outset of the creation. In the beginning, he was preparing all of this for us. So you're right in this, that all of these are byproducts, byproducts of the fall. There is physics in the world, like earthquakes and so on. There is physics. This earth is subjected to physical laws. When the, when the part of these physical laws, when the pressure would increase in the crust of the earth, there is going to be earthquakes to release this pressure. Otherwise, it will explode. It is part of, um, of the, its existence. That um, was curtailed by God in the paradise that he, he, he granted this protection. And then that protection was removed by the fall. 
and the fall led to corrective results that could be passed of the, of the um, laws of nature, for example, after the flood. God kept a covenant is that you're going to see a rainbow. The rainbow by physics happened by the uh, diffraction of light. Um, on, so God could interfere. God could interfere to supersede the physical laws. God in, could interfere to modify them. If God prevents a, 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 an earthquake, that's, he, that has to be a miracle because the physics laws say that if the pressure increases, there's going to be. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a mix of both, but the diseases and all of this deterioration to mankind and what affects us uh, is a result of the fall of mankind. And yet we use it to enhance our existence, to have mercy for one another, to have compassion for one another, to make it a room where, where humans can get together to solve a problem. That also could be used for glorification of mankind by coming together and trying to work together to alleviate the pains of one another. And that's, in fact, a, a way of, of showing love and mercy and compassion. We can make it into uh, a very, very uh, positive behavior. Thank you, Abuna. Uh, thank you all for uh, jo um, joining us on the Coptic Cafe program. Uh, we have Father Gregory Pshay with us speaking about spiritual blindedness. Abuna, how about the definition of um, partial and blindedness, or, or how can one identify that their purview or, or what they see is only partial, it's not the entire light? <laughs> um, thank you. That term, in fact, I borrowed it from uh, Romans chapter 11. Um, the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans is, is addressing the problem of, uh, or addressing the issue that happens in the churches then in there and Galatians and different places where there is mixed between the Gentiles and the Jews who believed in Christ. Uh, it, it reaches its max in, in Galatia, but it's addressed in Rome as well. Uh, the, the idea is that uh, here is people believing in God uh, in the Old Testament, living it, and the Old Testament testifies of Christ, and they crucified him. And St. Paul, starting from chapter 9, is explaining this problem. And he, first of all, he, he begs for, he feels so bad and he tells them, we have gifts. We have the gifts of the service of God. We have the gifts of the commandments of God. We have gifts of the promises of God. We have the gifts of the covenants of God. We have the gifts of worship God in the desert. We have everything. So he's telling them, how could you miss out on him? Out of compassion, not out of judgment. And he continues and he explains the reason that God elected the Gentiles, elected the Gentiles out of mercy and compassion is to get this group who doesn't know, completely blind. Com and that's why we use this, uh, the, the man born blind as Hadda Tanasir or the Sunday of baptism to say that this is exactly what Gentiles went through. Is that completely blind, but they came into the faith. So he, in, in order to also not, the, not, the, not the, the Gentiles to be exalted over the Jews, it is the Gentiles in chapter 11, after he explained in chapter 10 that God elected the Gentiles to believe in God, out of provoking the Jews to jealousy. It's just like, hopefully the Jews will see them and they will come, they will come into it. And he does two things by this. He tells the Jews, the word is very close to your mouth. You're so close to it. And that's why we, he uses the term partial blindness of Israel in the Romans 11. They are totally blind, but they are so close to the light because they have the background that it just takes a step to believe. And this is a time to correct one of the verses that is taken out of context in uh, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Christ, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
This is not a standalone faith. This is said to an audience that already have all of this history. They are so close to it. The word is very close to your mouth. So it takes a very small step. Just believe in Christ and you have the whole background to show. Because St. Paul went through this. He understands it very correctly now when he believed and when he got baptized and so on. So in order to put the Gentiles not to be haughty above the Jews, he told them, wait a minute. You were grafted in this tree because the original branches of that tree were broken off. So be careful. Be humble and do not be haughty. And then he tells them that Israel has partial blindness. So they can open their eyes and come back to God. So this is an alarm for all of us is that we could be in the presence of God and have partial blindness. We could be practicing the work of God, truly God, not like the Israel. Israel was still attached to the works of the law, which is St. Paul is fighting in the church of the circumcision and all of these things, because he wants the true works of the spirit to, to be the ones that's practiced. And the Judaizers were trying to make the works of the law still practice in the churches. So the, the core idea of Romans, the works of the law has to stop because the faith now is built on works of the Holy Spirit. And that's the first verse in Romans 8. There is no condemnation now on those who believe in Jesus Christ, who, who, has, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, with uppercase S. In this case, walking according to the flesh means practicing the Old Testament rituals that are shadow of the real things, uh, Hebrews 8, and not practicing the real thing, which are the sacraments that are done by the Holy Spirit. So. Israel is partially blind. We want to be as Christian, not to be partially blind. We want to practice our sacraments with living in a per and this is where the link between the sacraments and the personal life. If we practice the sacraments without living a spiritual life, we will be, although living in the light, we will start making ourselves partially blind. Well, thank you, Abuna. Um, you've been watching the Coptic um, Cafe program. Uh, we're uh, joining. Uh, we're joined by um, Father um, Gregory Che, uh, Abuna. We've been going for a little bit over half an hour. Uh, time flies. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let me uh, just uh, interject with a question that was actually repeated from um, the Q and A session and the Google Doc. On Q and A, it was asked by uh, Mina Anwar. Uh, during this time, what is the, a good spiritual practice? To do as we are home, and also by uh, uh, Christian Khouri, uh, Holy Transfiguration, uh, says, How can we focus more on God and grow our relationship with Him more than fasting and being vegan? Um, I think a very good practice is two things um, in this time is to read the prophecies of every day and link it to the gospel of the day. The prophecies of, of every day are, are a, a plethora of typology, plethora of reading it with the New Testament eyes, not with the Old Testament eyes. And that was the intention by Christ, is that the church is established and functioning and practicing, although the New Testament was not yet written. And the church wasn't weak at the beginning. In fact, it was very strong. It withstood strong, strong um, uh, powers against it. the Jews, as a religious opponents, the Greeks as intellectual opponents, and the Romans as uh, military and civic opponents. So it is a proof very clearly that the church functioned by the practice of the sacraments, although they didn't have the New Testament written. What were they reading? Definitely, definitely they were reading the Old Testament, but now in Christ-like. So when Christ tells them today in the prophecies of today about I give you the land and 
when you get into the land, this land will be very good to you. You don't have to labor to, to plant it. It will, but please don't forget about me. Keep your keep my commandments in front of you. So he's he's telling us all that the land we're in now is 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 the kingdom of heaven. That's the church. So the first practical thing, read the Old Testament prophecies of every day, in the form, um, in the form of looking at Christ. Looking at the land is the church, and you are in the promised land already. We don't have to wait to heaven. God brought heaven to us. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is in you, and the practice of the sacraments is not symbolic of heaven. This is real. Christ is really on the altar. The Holy Spirit is functioning in the church. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. We are already living in heavenly state. We just have to maintain it with good acts in order to get to the, which Roman, Romans 12, by the way, to get to the kingdom of heaven. Second practice is, is the Agbeya, and try to partition, if you can't read the Agbeya completely, just partition it over the day. And when you wake up, especially for the person that I want to pray, take, take the Thanksgiving prayer only, or the Thanksgiving on Psalm 50, and then in the middle of the day, take the gospel uh, of that hour, and then before you sleep, take the passages of that hour. You can do, for example, Matins on Monday, on Tuesday you can do the third hour, on Wednesday you can do the sixth hour, and so on till Saturday with the twelfth hour. Then you'll be praying the, the six hours of the day apart from the midnight over the whole week, matins, Monday, and so on. Um, so this is, these are all ways that you can grow into it. You can move, start moving things into the morning. You can start adding something in the middle of the day, but have three periods during the day where you can actually get in touch with the day, even with the small, small portions. There's a question here that says, how do you notice if you're blind? And what do you do? The father of confession. If you notice, uh, this uh, question comes from Giovanni. The father Giovanni. of confession. The father of confession is the mirror where with open, open talk with him, then he will, he doesn't call anybody you're blind, but at least he highlights where the areas where it could be enhanced or could help you to navigate um, the, the, the obstacles and of course sitting with the father of confession is not an environment of judgment in fact it's an environment of washing your feet from whatever dirt that clings to it from from this world and uh, lucy is asking um how can we prevent ourselves from falling into darkness in a time such as this one when we are away from the church mm -hmm. even though we can still pray on our own away from the physical building i think for many of us, we are missing a very integral part of our life. We may meet virtually and still pray, but how can avoid these thoughts? How can I avoid, avoid these thoughts and feelings even without this community of the church? Well, uh, that uh, the question exactly is a, is a very good evidence of um, of the clinging of the. Coptic congregation to the church is that we all feel something is, is just uh, out of whack. <laughs> and and that, so the, the fact that you feel this way is in fact shows that you're not in the darkness at all. So uh, get out of your mind that you're slipping into darkness. We're all going through, uh, through this. We're trying to make the, the best out of it. And I know it is hard on all of us. Being away from the altar is, is something that's really uh, um, Weird, strange, <laughs> and that's an understatement. I was going to use something more, <laughs> more strong than this, but weird is a good, is a good way. So we, we all feel the same, the same feeling to the person who asked the question. Not slipping in darkness. Just say thank God, thank God for the liturgy, thank God for the church. Uh, I have now to 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 
bank on the second sacrament that was given to me after I, I received the new nature from Christ in baptism. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. How can I do things on my own that makes the Holy Spirit have a very loud voice? Because that is the same spirit that guides me to be able to have communion and to be uniting with Christ and to call the Father as my Father. So, um, and remembering the desert, the desert saints who, who did not have communion, probably the, the celibates, the, the anchorites, not because they don't want it or they don't need it, but uh, the, the celibacy or the anchorite life they chose enabled them to, to be able to live with God. So well, let us use this period to, to try to embark on another virtue is how to read the word of God richly. The sample says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Uh, open multiple multiple ver Bible chapters and read them. Read the prophecies, link it to the Bible. Uh, always put in your mind, you are the congregation of God by baptism. You are living in the promised land, which is the church. And you are uniting with the Lord Jesus Christ in communion, which is a matter of time. By God's grace, we'll get back, we'll back to him. So do, 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 let us uh, a, a tutor ourselves that the word of God is what is available now. And this is a, a resort that is taken out of precaution for the safety of others. So it's a, the, the serving our, the church and serving the community has taken the form now by the whole, by the whole uh, uh, state around us or maybe the whole world is now we are going to serve God in a different way, which is reading the Bible, praying the Akbaya. Uh, and I know it's, it's not the same. Of course, all of us feel it's not the same. Just don't let it get you into sadness and just say, I'm going to have to um, get on the Bible more and more in this time and avoid, avoid uh, watching things, avoid the free time. Um, and try to read a hard, a hard copy Bible rather than on the screen in order to be able to underline, put notes, maybe put the dates of, uh, of what we're reading now so that these days are not forgotten to show how when we just close the curtain and maybe not all the congregation pays attention uh, to, to the, keep the door of the church open for us until the end of the ages. Uh, it's including me, it's all for granted. But now God is asking us, you know what, we'll, it's not for granted. It is, it's a grace. It's, it's a gift. So we, we, we have now to, to honor that gift. And, it, uh, and I think it will attract so many people back to, again to the liturgy when we feel that it, it could be taken away, not, not as, a, as, a, as a discipline, but just as, as adherence to, to, to the best practices that are practiced around us. Uh, we have a question from Anonymous in Canada. Um, as Christians, we are called to show the world our faith in God and give them hope in his promise and his love. How do we practice this genuinely at a time like this, where we're struggling to trust God, where we don't have access to the Eucharist, where we are as frustrated and worried as the rest of the world? This is when our faith is really tested. Could you give us some practical advice on how to show our hope and faith to those around us? And also related to that, we have uh, Christine Ibrahim. Uh, hi, Abuna, miss you very much. I was wondering, uh, sorry, Christine, that question will come at the end if we have time, I'm sorry. This is from Michelle Bullitt. Michelle says, um, how should we respond to those who claim that uh, coronavirus is a punishment or a sign of repentance from God? How can we calm our own and others' anxieties about this pandemic and churches being closed by looking at church history, the Bible. Um, well, a church is, is not being closed out of persecution. 
uh, when the church was closed in Egypt, there was we, we, or, or a different place in the, not only Egypt, the Syria, whatever the the Christian, the the whole world of Christianity, the Christendom of all the whole world, uh, it was out of persecution. Uh, Agnostics were were like tortured if they don't deliver their uh, the, the church books to the to the rulers, uh, and they were taken out of the, the school of Alexandria. The deans themselves suffered, but from the absence of tutors because they were being they were being um, going to martyr them. It's not an it, it's not a, like a scientific institution, although it had sciences in it, but it was it was a religious uh, display of the of the teachers themselves of, of a holy life. Um, we got give us all of this that we we don't we just uh, teachers but doers. So the, to to show our faith practically is to show that this is um, a, a period of obedience, a period of respecting, a period of honoring the ruler, as Romans thirteen tells us, as an act of Christianity um, that. Um, faith and again, the chapter nine, uh, verse nine, ten, verse nineteen, uh, is that it's not only faith and you will be saved. As we said, it's said to people who already have the background and they just need to believe in Christ, and then everything will fall in place by baptism and the chrismation, the communion that they will practice. Uh, but also actions. Now there is mandate. Chapter twelve is all actions. Chapter thirteen is action about the civic duty around. We have a civic duty. The the message of hope is that we're clinging very much to the Bible that uh, as the Bible instructs us to observe, uh, observe the ruler, believe that the, uh, respect the ruler, even the ruler was Nero at that time. So still the church is, is abiding by this. His eminence said something very, very nice in one of our clergy meetings. He said that our Coptic church never, never prayed to remove the ruler. It always prayed that the ruler, the ruler has compassion on us. It never got into like, um, let's remove a bad president and put another one. It always said that let the, let the president, let the ruler of the land have mercy on the church, doesn't persecute the church. So we're always obeying, not in fear, but obeying in respect, uh, which has been instilled in us by Romans 13 as a practical application for the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to go outside, not only to the inside, and show the community that because this was mandated, us as a church, part of the community, benefiting from the community, benefiting from the freedom of religion to build churches here, we have to observe what the community says. So it's an act of, of, of faith, not subjection. It's an act of obedience, not by compulsion, but an obedience out of mercy for everybody who's around us. If we go, we, and, and the Lord asked us to, to move the stone, and he will raise the dead. And last thing is that this was a very last resort not an, a first resort. So keep the faith, keep the hope because you're not doing something wrong or the church is not doing something wrong or the church chose the easy way out. That is, that is why it might seem to be fought by in our thought. The church, the church is not choosing the easy way out and different than how the history of the Coptic church was or any church. In fact, no, the church has been doing every effort to stay open with the human planning that we could do till the civic uh, uh, for, uh, not forces, sorry, the physic, the, the civic discipline around said, this is very dangerous now, we can contaminate, so we have responsibility, as instructed to us by Romans 13, and the, the, his image said very nice words, I am compelled now, like it's like the, the last resort, that I have to observe this, so uh, this is not a time where God is away from us, or we're asking God, uh, We'll go, we have another another way to solve this other than the liturgy. So um, just always say that this is part of us as faithful Christians it, uh, practicing our faith by obeying what this land is asking us to do in order to be part that everybody else is safe.
and you're watching the Coptic Cafe program. Thank you for joining us this evening. Abuna, we have about 10 minutes left, believe it or not. Uh, one, quick thing, Abby, Abby, one quick thing, one quick thing came in the talks here, as I was uh, saying, just uh, sorry to interrupt also, but also it would, would be very, very helpful to me in this question, which is about the confessions, confessions by, yeah. uh, by phone so, uh, or, 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 or um, not in person. So if also would love to shed some light on this, especially what uh, his eminence has uh, said in the meeting, that would be uh, awesome. Uh, sure. Now I'm asking uh, Sorry? Now I'm asking Otsek. <laughs> sure, I will get back to Otsek. <laughs> but before we run out of time, sure. Yuna, there's a, a question that came three times. <laughs> so I want to make sure we cover it from uh, Freddy. Uh, he says, uh, the verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. What is fear in this context? So while Otsek is thinking about the answer, I'm just going to answer uh, a few real quick questions. One uh, from... Um, uh, Maggie, she says, uh, is it strange that I have no fear or not even uh, alarm from this corona situation? I don't feel that this is due to strong faith. Uh, otherwise, being bold and um, courageous, uh, feeling it's not out of faith, it's just she's not feeling the danger. Uh, Maggie, you're absolutely right. Uh, we have every reason to be hopeful and uh, this will pass. Um, four, six weeks, two months, three months, four months. We're talking about a very small number of days compared to our life here on Earth. Uh, so you're absolutely right. There is nothing to be fearful about. And there was another uh, question about making um, uh, important decision in this atmosphere. Uh, of course, if the decision can be postponed, it's best. But if you have to make the decision now, make the decision as though this crisis does not exist. This crisis will go away and it will go away fast. We will look back at this, you know, um, in just a very short time and it will be all behind us. And maybe the advice we can leave our listeners with is to um, uh, remember the feelings you have now and um, when the crisis is gone and life is good again and we're back to our normal schedule, let's not forget about God. Let's not forget about these times. And this is how you can measure whether your awakening is, is um, honest, is truthful, uh, or it's just uh, uh, emotion. Uh, for example, people who are longing to, uh, to go to church, uh, it's a good feeling. Uh, now the church feels like it was taken away from us. It's not, but it feels like that. Well, when you're back on your regular schedule and everything is fine, Will you make time for God and make sure not to take it for granted? Like Abuna Gregory was just saying, that it's a gift, it's a grace. Uh, uh, it's a gift from God for us to attend uh, the liturgy. Also, we have Ashraf here. He says, is it possible to pray liturgy at home on small scale? It's not fair for some to attend and some to not attend. But definitely, if there's a way to do it where we can have very, very small numbers and everyone can participate, this is definitely uh, desired. And the last one it comes to us from uh, Tilo Young. Uh, Tilo asks and says, will there be a diocese-wide program for opening the churches for individual prayer, or will each parish have its own schedule? Uh, His Eminence encourages each church to keep the churches open every day for the parishioners to come and, uh, and make private prayers. 
Uh, we at uh, St. Mary and St. Verena Church in Anaheim, uh, God willing, will have our church open every day from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Uh, the only thing is we ask people to uh, respect the, uh, the social uh, distancing. So uh, if you go in the church and someone is already praying, just please try to take um, about six feet away from the person and uh, you're most welcome to come and pray and uh, stay as long as you wish. Uh, now I'll turn it back to Abuna with the question. What does fear mean here in this verse? Okay. Um... The fear here, uh, Saint, this is in the epistle of St. John, uh, chapter 4, verse 18. Um, in order, St. John, just this, a quick one-minute background about St. John, why do we call him theologian and beloved? St. John is presenting to us, our Lord Jesus Christ, is that it's inseparable to have the love to God without understanding the theology about God. And that's, in fact... Um, is, is a link. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk about it today, but in, in brevity, Jesus Christ has to be known in two ways simultaneously. In understanding the theology of Jesus Christ, which is what the church did in defending all of the heresies against his nature and against the nature of the Holy Spirit, against the Holy Trinity, and so on, as you know more the, very much about the subject than my weak self. The second thing is love. And St. John was very, very loving is asking us also to understand who Jesus Christ is. But he's also in this verse is warning us that don't let the love make you take advantage of God. So the fear here is not terror. God doesn't terrorize us. It says, he says, but fear involves torment. And he's trying to warn us. I'm trying to talk about you about fear of God, fear of losing that relationship of love with him. Not that he loves you or not, the love of God to us doesn't change. But our love to him is depending on our behavior with him. So St. John, since he promoted love very, very much, and theology very much, this epistle is full of theology and love together. And that's how we know Christ, not one or the other. So he's telling us, just as a, as a, as a footnote, with the love is to not take advantage of that love and says, I will do whatever God loves me anyway. That's the attitude we want to repent. I, God, you, my, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. But before falling into sin, I could have also, mm, I should have some humility. This is very audacious. You only have sinned and done this easy in your sight, which is the prayer in Psalm 50, that I'm doing right, right in the face of God. So this is the, what, what Freddie said. This is what God wants us to put in our mind, is to have this, this fear. So when we reach the perfect love, this is by Pope Shenouda says this. Who has reached the perfect love? He always asks this. The verse says, the perfect love casts out fear. So fear could be an, an initial virtue that would get me when I avoid sin, would get me to the perfect love. An initial a virtue to get me on the road that I can just discipline myself a little bit in order to breathe some Christianity and be able to love. When I'm already always the person, or I'm already always in the sin all the time, the devil is not allowing me to get a chance to love God. So he puts this verse that tells me, by the way, if you reach the love of God, you will not feel fear because you will not want to sin. The sin will just fall off. And that's another thing that Pope Shenouda, great commemoration this, in this wonderful month of March, he says, if you want to get rid of a certain lust, 
replace it by another lust. And that's exactly what John is saying here. It would be great to replace the fear of God by the perfect love in God. But till then, till then, till I reach the perfect love of God, I should avoid sin, even if it's out of, this is really an eyesore to God. So have a little bit of fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and also the peak because it always protects me from being loose. Uh, that love is not permissive. Love is also uh, have an attitude of um, not hurting the person, the feeling of the person who loves me unconditionally or in an unlimited way. Yet, next to this, the saint falls seven times a day and it stands up against in, 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 in Proverbs uh, chapter 20 to give an encouragement to everybody, even if it's immersed, he is or she is immersed in sin like myself. God will never say it's too much. Thank you, Abuna. Uh, thank you, Abu. Thank you, thank you all for joining us. Been, you've been watching the Coptic Cafe program. Abuna, we have about a minute and a half left in the program. Uh, we didn't get to cover everything Utsak wanted to cover. We have a lot more questions uh, from the Google uh, form pre-show uh, questions to the questions we have open. Um, uh, for um, the comfort of the listeners, we're going to keep track of all these questions. And uh, one episode or another, we will answer them and uh, tackle them all. Uh, but um, I wanted to uh, remind our uh, viewers that uh, there's a contest that His Grace Bishop Krullus would uh, like to announce, and that is uh, developing a one-minute promo for all the uh, English podcasts that we're doing for online services uh, to help the Sunday school program, the youth meetings, uh, a show like this. Uh, to reach uh, all the different ages. So if anyone is interested, uh, please uh, see uh, Father Michael Samus or contact him or contact uh, His Grace Bishop Krullos in any way you can or the ACT Seminary School and they'll uh, put you in the right uh, direction. We'll also try to include a link to that contest um, in the show notes. Uh, also, we're looking for uh, the catchphrase for the Coptic Cafe. Uh, we invite all of you, if you have uh, a, a catchphrase that we can attach to the name of the program. Uh, again, what we do here is we try to explore the Orthodox view, the, to have the Orthodox vision to all topics in life. Uh, the whole premise of the show is Coptic Cafe. It's just a couple of friends sitting, uh, having a uh, coffee together, and we're talking about everyday issues, but from an Orthodox perspective. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we're looking forward to your input on that as well Abuna, thank you very much for joining us and for blessing us today uh, any final thoughts and prayers and if Otsak's uh, time allows we can stay a little bit uh, behind after the show's uh, closed and we can continue answering questions online it's uh, my pleasure, sure uh, final thought is that these are all uh, very uplifting questions because of the concern and, and the, that the congregation is wanting to stand up for the faith uh, and not back down for anything that would cause the, the church to, to close. And it, um, the closure of the churches is an act of service to the community in whatever God has allowed us to do. It is not backing down from standing out, up for our Christianity, but it is up, uh, impressive and it is encouraging 
that uh, that the viewers uh, or the youth have this attitude and it's in fact a very very uh, very promising and very uh, uplifting uh, and thank you for these for these feelings and thank you Abby, for for having me it's it's really not worthy it's it's the benevolence of uh, of Otsek and Abuna and Sayyidna to allow me to to be here it's our pleasure to have you Abuna it's always a great blessing thank you for joining us you've been watching the Coptic cafe uh, we'll see you next Friday night. Uh, the time will be announced and uh, the guests will be announced as well. Uh, Phil, uh, I encourage you to write the questions in as soon as you can uh, or as quickly as you can so we can compile them, group them, and hopefully uh, pull on more than one question, put it together as uh, a group of questions uh, into one question and then we have the guest speaker uh, to cover them. Uh, thank you very much, Abuna. We wish you all a uh, good night and thank you for joining us. Uh, you've been My watching pleasure. the Coptic Cafe program with Father Joseph Boone. My pleasure, I will absorb. <laughs>